right. Good morning. Good morning. You're on it. You're on it. You're ready, huh? Amen. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Definitely want to thank the uh, the worship team for leading us this morning. Amen. We appreciate that. A little old school track, huh? There is a God. Come on. I was fired up. Were you fired up about that? Come on. Amen. Well, as was mentioned, my name is Marcel Hall, and uh, I have the privilege and honor to be one of the ministers here for the OC Church of Christ. And uh, so grateful to be able to speak this morning. And uh, did want to share some good news. We had a great time last night for our first ever Saturday Night Live event. Amen. And so you're saying, well, what was that? Well, that was uh, for the emerging generation. I am part of the generation that's already emerged. But I was able to sneak in there. I was able to bribe a couple of people and get in. But I did want to share uh, a couple of uh, pictures here so you can get a feel there of what the event was like. And so we had our OC ministry, our, our teenagers, our college students, and some from our professionals ministry. We had some folks from Long Beach, our church in Long Beach, our church in the Covina area, and our church over in the uh, heart of L.A., kind of Carson, Hawthorne area as well. And it was a blast. Right, wasn't it a blast, those who were there? We had a great time, it was fun. We can't wait to have it again. And so we're planning on having our Saturday Night Live events at least at least three to four times a year. And so we are excited about this. So if you didn't get a chance to go, well, pray and stay alive, and then you can possibly go in 2022, all right? But unless you're a part of the Emerge generation, then you'll just have to ask, all right? So it was a great time, and I'm excited that we can do things like that. Right now, we're going to continue in our sermon series, Empower. And so we only have about one, this one and one more. And in fact, Eric Ennis is going to close out our Empower series in about two weeks. So we're excited to hear from Eric Ennis. And so we've been doing this sermon series, Empower, and we're looking at Jesus through the gospel or the biography of Mark and how he empowers those who follow him. And so we've looked at a number of things that we empower to leadership, empower to, 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 uh, to, to do great things, to recognize him, empowers us to give. And so today we're going to be talking about how he empowers us to be great. Empowered to be great. So as you go ahead and write that down in your notes there, we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue our worship and we're going to have a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to hear your message from the scriptures. And God, I pray right now, Father, that you will speak to our very souls. I pray that every distraction has been cast to the side. God, I pray that we can not only receive, but God, we can give to you as we receive your word. And, Father, that we can come away changed, inspired, and as we can see from the passages here today, empowered to go and do your will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be great? Okay, I asked, but only about 18 people said yes. Do you want to be great? It's okay to say you want to be great. Some of us are saying, well, no, you do want to be great. Every single person in here wants to be great. 
You don't want to be lame, do you? I want to be bootlegged. Nobody ever says that. Everybody here wants to be great. Do you want to be an average friend? No. Yeah, man, I just want to be your average friend. No, you don't want to do that. Let me ask you this. Do you want to be a great boyfriend or girlfriend? You better. Do you want to be a great spouse? Yes. Do you want to be a great parent? Do you want to be a great employee? I guess it depends on where I'm working. But we all want to be great, don't we? And that's not a bad thing. No, that's a good thing. But it's interesting, and we're going to talk about this, this idea of greatness. And in fact, let's do this. Who are some people currently that our society thinks is great? Uh, did somebody say Marcel Hall? Oh, that was so kind. You're probably the only one that thinks that Marcel Hall is great, but I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay, all right. Let's just go ahead. Who, who are some people that, uh, that, that, that are considered great? Let's go ahead. Let's get a couple of people here. Uh, what'd you say? LeBron James. Okay, LeBron James. All right. Who, who are some others? Elon Musk. Okay, yeah. Elon Musk there. All right. Yeah, let's go here. Let, let's, let's do this here. Let's look at this idea of greatness. I got a couple of people. Billie Eilish. A lot of people think she's great. Hey, this ain't a time to hate. I don't know if you like her or don't, but that's okay. The girl won like 25 Grammys. How many of you won? Okay, all right. So she's considered great, right? Somebody mentioned LeBron James, right? Now, I know some people don't like Le LeBron, but still, he's considered to be great. Others there, Al Pacino. One of the greatest actors of all time, my favorite actor of all time. Well, him, De Niro, Denzel, and myself. You know what I'm saying? But also, others consider Michelle Obama to be great. Wow, okay. All right, there you go. Nobody else got any claps. All right, there you go. But then also Elon Musk, right? A lot of people consider him to be great. Now, what constitute their greatness? Well, they've achieved something, right? They've been excellent in their particular field or area or whatnot. But let me ask you this. What makes greatness in our society? What are some of those things? Money, right? Okay, so, so someone with a lot of money we consider to be great. That's part of the reason Elon Musk is up there, right? What, what are some other things? So money, what else? Talents, all right? You had to be uber talented there, right? Okay. And so we see a lot of these people on the screen are very talented. Okay. What else? What are some other things? Okay. Working hard, hard work there. Okay. All right. Heard a whole lot of other people yell. Well, what are some other things? What'd you say? Versatile. Okay. So a number of different things here. I wrote down a couple here. Status, right? If somebody has a certain status, we consider them to be great. Or another thing that might be respect. Hey, they're well respected. Everybody respects them. Another, fame. Okay, they're well known. Also, uh, followers. They got a lot, they have a lot of followers. Maybe they're, they're social media influencers. Maybe it's also uh, uh, control. They're able to have a lot of power or they're admired. And so we can see these are some of the things that go along overall with this idea of greatness and what our society considers great. And so if you have status, we consider you to be great. 
If you have a, a large amount of respect, then hey, they're great, they're famous, they're great, they're fo- they have many followers, they're admired, they have a lot of control. And so our society says, well, they're great. I would say maybe yes and no. I would argue that these things that we list and we think of automatically don't constitute greatness, but many times are perhaps the result of greatness maybe. But these things don't automatically make you great. And we're going to see Jesus here. He's going to redefine redefine for us the idea of greatness. And he's going to show or reveal how you, yes, you have been empowered to be great. And I would argue even greater than anyone on this screen. I want to show a commercial here real quickly that the quality, uh, for some reason, it's not going to be that great here. But even the world has some, you know, our society, we, we, we might value these things. But even the world, when we look down, we go, you know what? All those things don't automatically mean you're great. And there was this really cool commercial by Nike uh, for the 2012 London Olympics talking about find your greatness. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, play that uh, 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 video right now. There are no grand celebrations here. No speeches, no bright lights. But there are great athletes. Somehow we've come to believe that greatness is reserved for the chosen few. For the superstar. The truth is, greatness is for all of us. This is not about lowering expectations. It's about raising them for every last one of us. Because greatness is not in one special place. It is not in one special person. Greatness is wherever somebody is trying to find it. I'm not plugging Nike, but I just like the commercial there. But we could, they had some powerful lines in that about greatness. You can go ahead and and stop it there. I'm not sure why it's playing twice there. All right, there you go. But we can see here that you can achieve greatness without having the things that were listed before. You don't have to be Elon Musk in order to be considered great, even in our society, but as we can see in the eyes of God. And so this image of greatness It's key that that we no longer adopt what we've been fed or what we believe by society, but we adopt Jesus' view of greatness. Because I believe that some of us, yes, why we hesitate to even answer the idea of being great, even though we really want it, is because we believe that we can't achieve it. Or that our level of greatness doesn't compare with those that we consider in our society to be great. But that's not true. And so when we have a different view, a godly view... We will see that what we attain and strive for, we can have and even more. And it'll be for a greater cause. Because what do we see here is that Jesus empowers to be great. So we're going to look over here in Mark chapter 9. Church, are you with me here? Church, are you with me here? 
Now here on Mark chapter 9, Jesus is nearing the end of his ministry. So he's on his way over to Jerusalem, and we're going to read Mark chapter 9 and chapter 10. And, and so he knows what's going to happen. He knows that he's going to give his life as a sacrifice there. He's going to die upon the cross. He knows that there's a resurrection that's coming. So he's trying to get his disciples to understand this so they can be prepared. And he also wants them to be able to share this good news after he raises from the dead and ascends to heaven. So we take it up in Mark chapter 9 and verse 33. It reads, they came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the, on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. So we can stop right there. They're having this argument. Who was the greatest? And those who, uh, uh, you know, remember Muhammad Ali, you remember he'd always say, I'm the greatest of all time. And those who have seen my, one of my favorite movies, The Last Dragon, only a couple of y'all have seen it. But Bruce Leroy, and show sure enough, who's the baddest? And they'd be like, show sure enough, you got to watch the movie. Anyhow, so they're having this argument. Hey, who's going to be great? Who's going to be greatest? And Jesus, hear me, doesn't address it there. But he's like, hey, when we get back inside, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. And so he goes and he sits down. It says in verse 35, sitting down. Jesus always taught, not always, but when you know Jesus sitting down, he's about to do some teaching. And that was some of the culture there that the rabbis would actually sit down and teach. But every time you see in the scripture where Jesus is sitting down, some knowledge he's about to drop. He's about to go ahead and drop the mic on you. It's about to be fire. And so here's what he says in verse 35. Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them, taking the child in his arms. He said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. And this was pretty remarkable at this time, but we'll, we'll come back to it in a second here. Let's go on over to Mark chapter 10, because we're going to see a theme here of what Jesus teaches. So again, he goes, he's been teaching the disciples, and, and they get it, and then they don't get it. And it says in verse 35 in chapter 10, then James and John, these are two of Jesus' apostles and disciples. They've been with him since the beginning of his ministry. The sons of Zebedee, they came to him and said, teacher, we want you to do whatever you ask, whatever we ask. That's, that's a bold request, isn't it? Hey, I want you to do whatever I ask right now. The automatic question or the response is, well, what do you want, right? And so here they go. They say, hey, we want you to do whatever we ask of us. Jesus says, hey, what do you want me to do for you? They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. And say, hey, we want to be your right hand man and your left hand man. When you have this glorious moment, we want to be right there. We want to be in the midst, not in the background. We don't want to be in the back row. We want to be right here on your right and right here on your left. Jesus says, you do not know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These, these places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Verse 41, when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. So they're upset. Did you hear what James and John did? They went and asked Jesus, can they be on the right or left? I can't believe those guys. So they're upset, man, James and John, what's wrong with you? How dare you? 
You're so arrogant. You're so prideful. And you're so slick because you beat me to the punch. I wanted that spot. You always do that, James. I'm tired of it. And so they're getting into this argument here, right? They're mad. Hey, man, how could you ask that? And all these different things. And in verse 42, Jesus called them together and said, you know, that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servants. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We'll stop right there. You see this theme here as Jesus approaches and as he goes to his, his guys there and he sees, man, you guys are arguing about who's going to be great. You're arguing about who's going to be on my right and to my left. You're mad. Hey, let me help you out. Let me drop some jewels and some knowledge on you. If you want to be great, you need to become a servant. Jesus is completely turning worldviews upside down. No matter what the culture is, we all have this idea of greatness, and they had theirs, and they're thinking, hey, he goes, no, 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 let me flip this upside down for you. Your view of greatness is off, and how to achieve greatness is off as well. You see, in the kingdom of God, greatness is defined and achieved differently. This is what he reveals. He didn't say greatness is something that should not be uh, 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 strived for. He didn't say that this is not something that you shouldn't have any type of aspiration for. But what he says is, hey, it's a different definition in God's kingdom. And how you reach that point, it's a different approach. And so he goes and he blows their mind and he blows our mind as well. To be first, you must be last, and a servant and slave to all. Then he grabs the kid. And this was powerful because at that time in that culture, kids weren't highly regarded the way they are today. You know, in our society, hey, let the kids do any and everything, right? And I'm not saying that's great parenting, but, but kids are lifted up. It was completely opposite back then. Kids weren't, weren't, weren't regarded in the same esteem and lights. And so he says, hey, you guys want to be great? Guess what? And he goes and grabs, there's Dominique right there, right? Maybe I should grab Dominique real quick. Let me grab Dominique real quick. <laughs> Jesus goes, hey, you guys want to be great? Hey, here's what you do. He goes and he grabs this kid and he says he puts him in his arms. And they're all looking like, man, why is he doing that? Get them little bad kids away. He says, hey, whoever welcomes one of these welcomes me. And when you welcome me, you welcome the Father. This was mind-blowing for them. Wait, 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 wait. I don't just have to serve those who are around me and my peers. I have to serve those who are not highly esteemed. I have to serve those who, who society considers maybe lower than the norm and average. You're telling me if I want to be great, if I want to sit in your right and left, I got to serve and welcome one of these? And so he's completely blowing their mind. He's completely blowing our mind as he redefines 
what it means to be great and how to achieve it. All right, Dominique, you got to go back. Those who remember, he, this is the second time on stage during a sermon. He ran up on stage one time when he wasn't supposed to. So this time he was invited there. All right. But we can see this was incredible. He said, look, guys, if you want to, all that other stuff, that doesn't take place in society. What it means to be great, maybe you lie, maybe you cheat, you neglect your family, you, you, you have priorities that are off, maybe you, you disregard God and, you, and you, you make him second in order to achieve grace. He says, not so in my kingdom. He says, that might be what the world does, that might be what society does, but if you are in my kingdom, this is greatness. You know, the common belief is you have to be special. You have to have the right genes, maybe the right family, have the right money, the right career. But Jesus says, no, you don't need any of those things in order to be great in the kingdom of God. And so what does that mean for you and me? It means that Jesus empowers anyone to be great. Anyone to be great. If we follow Jesus, then we have the capacity, we have the ability, we have been empowered to be great. You know, Dr. King has a famous quote, but you know what I decided? You know, I don't want to just quote Dr. King, and I just want to show the quote on here. He actually preached a whole sermon, it's a very famous sermon of his, about this passage right here. And I figured, you know what, Dr. King can preach, and he's, I think he's a better speaker than I am. And so we're going to get a little clip of Dr. King here and, and, and this idea of anyone being great in the kingdom of God. Let's go ahead and let's play it. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. And this morning, the thing that I like about it, by giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great. Because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't, know, you don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics in physics to serve. Yes. You only need a heart yes, full of grace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Soul generated by love. Yes. You can be that servant. That's powerful. Let's go backwards here. And so what do we see here? Again, you don't need talent in order to be great in the kingdom of God. So that means that you and I, no matter what status, what talent level we have, we can be great in the kingdom of God. We don't have to be born on this side of the tracks. We don't have to have this. We don't have to have any of those things because all of us are capable of serving others. And so it doesn't matter if we're big and strong. 
Because if we meet a need of someone else, that's a greater deed. In fact, let's, let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, my man, Miguel. There you go. Miguel, come on up here. Okay, Miguel, come on up here. Okay. All right, here. Let me go. Let's go, Miguel, here. All right. Baby girl's in. Uh, okay. All right. Hello. Hey, you want to come up here? Yes. All right. All right. What does it say? Masa more? Okay. All right. There we go. Okay. Here we go. All right. Can you guys say your names here real quickly? Here. All right. Miguel Angel Cabrera Colón. Did you understand that? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I am Lorena. Okay. We got Lorena, we got Miguel. And so we're looking here, we can say, all right, well, Marcel, what are we doing up here? All right, let, let me ask you a question. Miguel, uh, you're, you're a pretty strong guy there. You got a couple muscles on you. All right there, all right. Uh, can, can you bench press? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, you see that? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Why are you trying to call me out, Marcel? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll bench press you. Okay, all right. So Miguel, you, 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 how much can you bench press here? Two twenty. Okay, there you go, brother. All right. He said he can get two twenty. That's two plates on there. All right. So two twenty. All right. So Lorena, how much can you bench press? Twenty. It's almost. You're fired up. Come on, girl. Get that twenty pounds. And so in some ways, it no matter, maybe in our certain, you know, uh, 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 culture or, or maybe our environment, we might look at this and go, hey, you know what, Miguel's obviously stronger, so he's automatically the greater one or the more potential to be a greater one because he's big and strong. But here's the thing. If there's a need out there, Aiden, let's say you were, you, you were thirsty. Let's say you had some needs out there. And we said, Lorena, go ahead. Can you give him some water? Because he, need, he, he has a need right there. He's thirsty. There. Go ahead, girl. Give it to him. There you go. There you go, girl. Go ahead and give it to him there. Guess what just happened? She became great and he became obsolete. Now, brother, I love you. But he became obsolete. And so here's the crazy thing, right? We look at things on the outside. We go, well, you got to have this, this, and this in order to be great. But Jesus said, that's nonsense. If you just serve others, you became great. And we're seeing that here. If we serve others, it doesn't matter how big, strong, talented, cute, pretty, whatever it is. If we serve others, Jesus says, you're great in my eyes. You guys can go ahead and sit down. Go ahead and give it on up for them. Again, this is radically different for all of us, but even if we look at, we just look, there's a whole lot of people who are uber talented, right? But they're underachievers. We look and we say, man, they didn't do anything with it. And I believe that this should encourage and challenge every one of us. This should encourage us. Wow, you know what? I, I, I don't need to be the five-star recruit. I, I don't need to have this to, in order to, for God to be glorified in and through my life. I just need to serve. And I can do that. And we're talking about not just becoming great in our particular environment, circle, or whatever. We're talking about being great in the kingdom of heaven I don't care what your circle of influence is or what your, your, your culture, your environment, your circle is. Nothing is greater than being great in the kingdom of God than it is in whatever area you can imagine. And so we're talking about being great, and that's better than any profession or any culture. 
And so this should encourage us. Wow, God, you believe in me? You are giving me the opportunity to do something great for you, to be used for your glory, and for you to look down and say, hey, I'm well pleased with you because you are a servant? This should bring us great encouragement, but it also should be a great challenge for us because what this means is there's no excuse to not be great. There's no excuse to not be great. Well, God, you didn't give me, can you serve? Well, God, you didn't, can you serve? So none of us can ever go say, God, I couldn't serve because we can serve. And so the challenge for all of us then is to serve, to become great, to make sure that, that we're using our talents, our experience, and our time to serve in Christ's name. And a church full of followers of Jesus, a church full of followers of Jesus, let me ask you this, should there ever be a need that cannot be met? If we're following the teachings and the example of Jesus and we're serving, then should there ever be a time we have to beg for volunteers? Should there? Of course not. Because all of us are saying, I'm here to serve. I'm here to give. I'm giving to others. God, I'm being great just the way you were great on this earth. And so I applaud those who serve. I lift up our family group leaders who serve. I lift up our new shepherds who serve. I lift up our AV team who serves every week. They get here at 8.30. Some of y'all didn't even have breakfast at 8.30. I, saw, I salute those who are volunteering for our kids right now, who are watching them. They said, yes, there, there was an email went out and they said, yeah, I'll do it. But others decided, ah. I salute all of you who serve because in God's eyes, you are great. Greater than Elon Musk, LeBron James, and whoever else, Billy Eilish, all combined. Because you're using your time, your effort, you're using your, your, your abilities, your experiences to serve others. See, Jesus empowers every one of us to be great by serving. So here's the question then for us, am I serving? Or maybe the better question is, who am I serving? Who am I serving? Is my service for me? Am I doing things so that I can have? Or is my service to others? Is my service to the King and God Almighty? Is my service to his people? Is my service to those around me? Or is it just to feed and better myself? Are we serving self for others? You know, the scripture, Jesus said it several times, or several times where he says, a servant to all. Serving your roommates. Yeah, that's right, your roommates. Serving your family. Serving in your family group in, your, in, in the church. Serving those, just like we learned last week, who agree and disagree with you. Serving the haves and the have-nots. Finding ways in order to be a blessing to those we come in contact with. And again, Jesus is the model to follow. He says, I didn't come to be served, y'all. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. That's the model that he sets for you and I. And that's his teaching. And if we're followers of Jesus, what do we do? We follow his teaching and example. Amen. And so how do we respond? What should we do? I think it's this. I think we need to think and act like a servant. 
Think and act like a servant. Think. First of all, what do I mean by this? That means view yourself as a servant. We are chilled. Those who are followers of Jesus. You are a child of God. Hallelujah for that. You're not what your, your job is. You're not what your nationality, what your race is. You are a child of God. But guess what? Your identity also is a servant of Christ. And so our view can't be anything else that's contrary to that. Our view must be, I am a servant of Christ. And when I adopt that servitude attitude, then guess what that will produce? That will produce service in my life. So therefore, I have a lifestyle of service. And this is key for me to remember. Now, I always remember, okay, Marcel, you are a servant leader. Don't, 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 don't forget the servant part, Marcel. You're a servant of the king and make sure you serve his people. You humble yourself and you do the dirty work. You do the work that nobody else knows about and you serve. And so I need to remember that. I need to remember that my identity isn't the minister of the church. My identity is a servant of the king. So we think like a servant. That means we view ourselves as a servant. And then we act like a servant. That means finding ways to consistently serve others. You know, I love the fact that we have a MLK day in our church. We always do, uh, we don't take a day off, we take a day on, right? And we go out and serve. But if we're only serving once a year, you're not a servant. If I don't eat meat in one meal, that doesn't make me a vegan. And so this is a lifestyle of service. That means serving in the small ways. That means serving in the grand and big ways. That means serving in my home. That means serving in my family group. Serving in the church. Serving in my neighborhood. Maybe serving at my school and at my job. And if somebody say, well, Marcel, I want to, but I'm too busy. Well, if you're too busy to serve, then you're too busy. That means you need to re reorganize some priorities then. Because if we have a lifestyle in which we are too busy to serve, that means we're too busy and we need to restructure our schedule to make sure that we think and act like a servant. You know, if we do this, Jesus says, then we'll be great in his kingdom. But here's the incredible thing. I just love this about God. Here's the incredible thing is that when we serve, yes, we can be considered great in his kingdom, be used for all this glory. But it's reciprocal in the way that God ends up blessing you more. In fact, I love this scripture. Many of us love it too. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Hey, when I'm generous, hey, I'm going to prosper. When I serve others, guess what? Somehow, in some way, I too will be refreshed. And many of us can testify to this. Because here's, man, I'm telling you, I just love this, 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 this truth and in, in, in this idea and this concept. And, and we'll even test it out right here. I mean, We've all been served in some way. Somebody has served you. Maybe they gave you, food, you know, breakfast in bed or something. So you've all been served in some way. Everybody here has been served in some way. And that brought to you some happiness, didn't it? You're like, oh, man, cool. Thank you. But think about the times in which you served others. What did that produce in you? Did it bring some joy? It probably didn't even more than joy, but probably brought not just happiness, but it brought fulfillment as well. Because you started to realize, man, that was cool to give and you felt built up. And in fact, you probably were like, man, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. That felt good. And you felt good about who you were and what you were doing. 
And so again, if we tested the idea of just being served, and that's our natural tendency, hey, when we actually look at our lives, the most fulfillment and joy we receive is when we actually serve others. And so this is the incredible thing. Yes, God is raising us up to be great in our society and through his kingdom. But he's also saying, guys, you don't understand the blessings you have if you serve. It'll be incredible. Why? Because you're fulfilling the calling of actually following Jesus. So let's get real practical. Church, are you still with me here? Let's get real practical here. Let's talk about some action steps this week. That means every single one of us. And I love how we have a church that just doesn't listen to the word on Sunday, but we're a church committed to following the word Monday through Sunday as well. Amen. And so as we give this direction here, I'm confident that this is a church full of people who say, I'm going to follow through. And so as we see here, first off, I want to say those who may be coming around, I encourage you. Number one action step is to study God's word and figure out, hey, how can I be a servant in his kingdom? What does all this mean? How does this look? How was Jesus a servant? How did he give his life as a ransom for me? And if some of those who have been studying the Bible for a while, I want to encourage you, make a decision to follow Jesus. There's no need to wait. There's no need to wait. Following Jesus is the best decision you will ever make in your life. And now for all of us, every single one of us, here's the action step of the week here. Serve someone every day this week. They say, what should I do? Serve. How? Serve. Serve someone every day this week. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's a classmate. Maybe it's your coworker. Maybe it's somebody in this room. It's the church at large. It's your small group. Serve someone every day this week. Maybe it's big. Maybe it's small. But serve this week. Imagine if we all followed Jesus' example in teaching and served. Imagine if every single one of us and those who are online, every single one of us, if we all decided, you know what, we're going to take Jesus' example and his teaching seriously, and we're going to go out and serve. Imagine if your family or your household decided, you know what, we're going to serve others. Imagine if your neighborhood and your complex decided, you know what, we're going to serve each other. Imagine if the citizens of our country decided, you know what, we're going to serve others. Now, if service is greatness, how great would our society be? If service is greatness, then how great would our cities and our neighborhoods be? How great would our church be? How great would your family group in the church be? How great would your household or their family members who you live with, how great would that be? And how great would you be in the kingdom of God? We'll close out here in Mark chapter 10, verse 43. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Brothers and sisters, Jesus empowers to be great. So let's serve. Amen.